Hello, Internet, and welcome to Hot Topic. This is Hot Topic from Sarah Port Jr. One of our <laughs> first of my what will surely be many banked episodes if we ever happen to miss a week um, or our schedules don't line up. And so we choose a kind of larger topic to talk about and debate and all that fun stuff. And I just completely sprang the name of this whole thing on, on Dale. <laughs> but... <laughs> way better than junior bank <laughs> or so bank is, junior whatever you're topic, gonna call hot topic number one and also <laughs> the store we are the store now we've we, got I was, we've I was got like... your nightmare on elm street not on elm street nightmare before christmas oh god <laughs> <laughs> that might have to be a d- topic of discussion at some uh, point um like when they officially become the merchandising store of the nutcracker in the four realms uh <laughs> Yeah, That's for another seriously. day. That is for, that another, is for day. another day. I'm um, in Nightmare oh. Before Christmas, but we can just oh. <laughs> move past that for now. Um, uh, our names. So this is Say Report Junior. <laughs> one of our, <laughs> one of our, um, just kind of in the past banked episodes. In case our schedules don't line up or whatever, we wanted to make sure we didn't miss a week. Yeah. Uh, I am one of your host companions, Zach Sarawick, and I am your other host companion from the past, Dale Decker. Ooh. Ooh. Um, uh, yeah, so, so we went back a couple of times today trying to kind of figure out what our first thing was going to be. Yeah. And I actually didn't tell you how I came up with our topic for today. Oh, okay. So we were, uh, we landed on just kind of talking about our, like kind of our general feelings on reviews, like for movies and games and review scores and review sites, because we talk a lot about like how we watch movies and, and play games and stuff. Uh, but I don't think we've ever really talked about like when something is coming out, no, where we no. go to look for it, stuff like that. Because I think largely we both kind of go, well, we know we're going to see that, so I'm just not going to watch anything. Exactly. I feel, I feel like we try. Um, it seems like we each try to stay away from things that we really care about. Um, but yeah. Also, I just before we before it gets out of my mind, this is going to be the most like meta um, or most Inception. <laughs> like episode because we're doing review we're doing a review on reviews we so heard you like reviews so we put reviews in, in your, your reviews. reviews all the memes oh uh, my god when was the last time that was the i don't even remember the name of the show i just I remember that it's know. exhibit how bad is that oh my I, god i don't think it's even used anymore i think like we oh, of course yeah the only time Exhibit comes up anymore is that every Halloween people remember that he's in Halloween Resurrection and Kung Fu fights Michael Myers. Which... Uh, <laughs> nice. Um, so, the reason that I was thinking about this today is there's, um, I don't know, a bunch of different threads came up today for a couple of different things uh, on Twitter yesterday. There was a thing that came up where uh, Lena Dunham, who was one of the creators on Girls, Mm -hmm. uh, has a new show coming out and with Jennifer Garner and a couple of other people and a reviewer for this show that has not premiered yet um, said that Jennifer Garner's character was unlikable. And they became became like a whole conversation about what unlikable even means and what it was in the context. I've never even seen the actual original review of this thing, just people responding to their review and and then responding to the response of the review. Yeah. Um, And then today, um, have you ever seen or heard any of the CinemaSins stuff on YouTube? I have, and I hate it. Oh, thank Um, you. I do too. So I've got a whole conversation (laughs) with the guy on Twitter today because here's the thing. I've never bothered to watch them. 
like this is me straight up saying I've decided completely prematurely without ever watching them that I don't like the videos or the concept and so mm -hmm. I've never bothered mm -hmm. um, and but I did get a conversation with a guy on Twitter today who does watch them and does like them because he seemed what was weird is that it seems to have a completely different idea of what those videos are, are. than I do. Mm -hmm. The difference being he has watched them, so he has a little bit more context. Yeah. But like, uh, for anybody that doesn't know, Cinema Sins is a YouTube channel where their biggest video, I don't know if it's their only video series, but their biggest video series uh, is usually titled like everything wrong with blank. blank. In... And it's usually the title of a movie. Yeah. Uh, and then where um... they go when they point out plot holes and things that they think don't work and all this other stuff, yeah, which I'm to me to... just reads very negative. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's supposed to be like a joke. Like it, it definitely is supposed to not be as negative as it seems. It's just, it gets so annoying. It's very um, hard for me to be outside to like get that vibe from it either yeah. because like, yeah, I don't you, know, though, for some you... reason I've, always yeah. seen people react to it as oh look they're being jerks about a movie again and today was literally the first time i ever found someone being like oh they're actually kind of funny and i watched them for this other reason it's yeah. like there's a positive way to watch well, those yeah no so my, that was like, the thing that threw me off like i have friends who watch it f for that reason like they watch it because they find humor in it um and i i will admit i say that i hate them i don't love the word hate so i should probably not use it as much as i do but I just don't find the same enjoyment in them. There have been things that my friends have shown me from Cinema Sings that have made me, like, giggle um, just because of how ridiculous it is. But I just don't – I really don't like how it's structured. I don't – the, the every time there's a sin, there's, like, a ding sound. And for some right. reason, like, it bothers me. Like, there's so many that it gets under my skin. Um it's also, I don't know, it's just, yeah, like, someone could look at it as a negative way, and it, I don't know. I I don't know. It's But <laughs> overall, like, the whole thing just had me kind of thinking about just kind of reviews in general today. And also, and I mean, a lot of this also came up when we did our Infinity War episode. Yeah. Um, and we talked about that article that came out where the, that guy from The New Yorker was, like, seemed to completely misunderstand the concept of a sequel. Mm -hmm. Um. But, I mean, they were not the only ones that kind of had that criticism of kind of the MCU at large and this idea that it gets to a point where some of them you just cannot watch without seeing a bunch of other movies and not even, like, movies in the same set. Like, mm -hmm. you can't watch, like, Civil War and have only watched Captain America, Captain the America. first Avenger, yeah, no. or, and, and Winter Soldier. Like, those three movies don't work <laughs> as a trilogy. No. Um, and so, like, I have been trying to kind of figure this out, I guess for most of the year now is this concept of like the difference between writing a film review and reading a film review and what you get out of that versus writing like a full on criticism kind of thing and a critique hmm. Okay. and like trying to kind of figure out how those two things blend together. Cause I don't, I mean like obviously I don't think a review should just be like three lines of this is good. You should watch it or this is bad or this audience will like this and this audience won't. So I don't know. Like yeah. I get why there needs to be kind of more deep thought criticism put into reviews at the same time. I find it like really annoying when a review just seems to be like, well, this wasn't for me and therefore I'm going to shit on everything yeah. as opposed to, so as opposed to there is an audience somewhere. I just wasn't the audience yeah. for it. 
It's but. really weird. Like I have, I've had this problem with reviews, and and I mean, we're gonna get into it with Rotten Tomatoes, um, and it's that like everyone is now a critic, and everyone is now a reviewer, and it's 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 so okay. So <laughs> to bring it back all the way, is that like when the Emoji Movie and not even the Emoji Movie. I'm also going to bring in up Valerian and City of a Thousand Planets, right? Which I don't know if you've seen either of those or either of those. I have not. Okay, you so so but the reviews for both of them weren't the best. Um and for Emoji Movie, it really bothered me because it just seemed like nobody was giving it any thought that it might be okay to do. Um, and it's like, how can you even, and I, and I understand that like, maybe there's some hypocrisy, um, in this when I say this, but like, how can you judge it? It's, it's the old saying of, you can't judge a book by its cover. Like you can't judge it before you even experience it. Um, and yeah, everybody does it, but it, with a movie, when you're a reviewer or a critic, I feel like you... If that is what you call yourself, you can't jump to conclusions before you see it. Um, that's just my personal stance on it. Like, yeah, I mean, like there are the the idea that they're like the idea of the, like the think piece and things that are out hmm. there right now, where it's like this movie is coming out or has been announced, and before there's even a trailer, let alone someone has sat down and watched it, there's a thousand articles about what it's going yes. to be or what yeah. it I mean and all that, based entirely on like who's involved and all that stuff. And yeah. I think sometimes <clears throat> sometimes that is a worthwhile conversation if like the people involved are crappy people for various reasons in their past. Yes. Like I think that's a perfectly valid conversation to have, but that is not a <laughs> criticism or a review of the film itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I would like to think that my complicated feelings on wanting to watch the emoji movie at this point are because I have read many articles or listened to a couple of podcasts about people who had actually sat down and watched it. And I have a largely idea of what that movie is, yeah. but it is completely clouded by the people who saw it and were giving me their voicing their, their opinion their is the other it. side to that. Yeah. yeah. And it's also, um, it, it also comes to like, like you said, the whole, like you see a trailer trailers, right? And it come it brings back like you can't judge. Trailers are there to help you decide whether or not you're gonna see it. So that's why, like, yes, obviously people are judging things before they've even seen it, because that is what we are used to. That is what we are shown. We are shown a snippet of something and see like, hey, you might like this, you might not. But to just completely, completely just be like, this movie is going to be awful. To say that sentence, that that's different than being like, this movie is not going to be for me. Like, I can see the Halloween movie, the, the Halloween 2 trailer, um, and be like, that movie's not going to be for me, and I'm not going to go see it. But I'm not, nev never going to say, oh, that movie's awful. That movie looks terrible. Like... And usually when I say that movie looks terrible, I mean it jokingly, and it usually means I'm going to go see it. Yeah, because, like, <laughs> it looks terrible. 
because if I, if I look at a trailer and, and a movie looks bad, my immediate reaction is, oh, man, when I see that, I hope I at least laugh at it. Like, that's like yeah. my whole like I never go into a movie wanting to just be bored out of my mind. Exactly. Like, yeah. when I, like when the Venom trailers came out, the Venom trailers came out and I immediately went, OK, these things are not good. This is not going to be an MCU level movie. Yeah. But I know for I know exactly what I want out of the trailer that I just saw. Exactly. I know exactly what I want my experience to be going in. And it's not because I expect the movie to be amazing. It's because I expect to have fun watching it for many different reasons. Yeah. And it and it comes back so like I'm jumping all around, but That's fine. to to go back to the CinemaSins thing, um those are less reviews than um, just, like, we're going to poke fun at this movie that everybody loves, you know? Because sometimes it, we we need to bring people to, like, back to reality and be like, yes, this is a movie that you love, and it's okay that you love it, but you need to understand that there are still some things wrong with it. Wh- which I'm which, fine which with. Which I'm fine I... with as well. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah. But it's it's... It's done in a way that just doesn't work for me, you know? Like, I love, I can love a Disney movie, or I can, I, I really like the first Avengers movies, but I can also take a step back and be like, yeah, but they're terrible movies. Like, they're not really good. Yeah, especially especially before that <laughs> Disney money started coming in for them. Yeah. They really were, were rough, because they weren't sure what they were, they were still finding their footing. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think that's... Yeah, it's the negative, unappealing package that that's put in. I think that bothers yeah. me about that. No, it's like, and I get that. Yeah, it's it's weird. It, I just, yeah, I can't watch them anymore because it's like, yeah, this is funny, but it's really, like, it's so obvious. Like, you're pointing out the obvious things and getting humor out of it. Like, you're not really doing anything. And, and I think there's a, there's a there's like a tone to take with that. And maybe they they do this again. This is completely. Well, let me let me put it this way because this was this comparison was also brought up. The conversation I was having today about it. Person said that they get a lot of the same stuff out of CinemaSins that they get out of watching Mystery Science Theater three thousand. Yeah. Um, I love Mystery Science Theater three thousand. I don't think I would get the same thing out of watching CinemaSins. And I think a big part of that is that as much as they are making fun of these old movies, they also clearly like watching them. Yeah. <laughs> like, they like, like, to me, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is so much more about the idea of sitting around, you know, watching something cheesy with your friends. Mm-hmm. And it's about, like, just kind of looking at this in a weird way, it's this weird archival history of movies. Like, these are movies that would never be remembered if they yeah. weren't on Mystery Science Theater. Yeah. And, you know, they, they kind of remind you that these days people are like, oh, everybody's churning out crap left and right. It's like, they're always churning out crap. The studio system was nothing but churning out crap they for years. They were able to do more because, of it. <laughs> right, because the whole idea, and this is the idea they still do today, yeah. is, oh, we can make a horror movie or a sci-fi movie really cheap because we can hire character actors from TV who don't demand a lot of money, mm-hmm. and we can make really cheap sets, and if we make a million dollars off of the 50000 we spent on this thing, hey, guess what? We just made a bunch of money, so we don't <laughs> care. It was only a million dollars. And so, like, I don't know. Like, the idea of, like, sitting down and just pointing out everything illogical and every plot hole and every weird mm-hmm. moment in a movie is not the same as like well just making fun of a guy's like 
weird line read. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, and it, you're, you're, you've like hit it on the head. Like, and the thing with Cinema Sins, and I haven't really seen a lot of Mystery Science Theater, but I, I know what it is. Like, I know what they do. I know that it's also in real time. Like, they are, it is like you are sitting down watching the movie and there's just like funny commentary. Cinema Sins, it's trying to like speed through the movie. Right. So it's like it, condensed it, down to however many exactly. minutes the videos exactly. average. Yeah. And it, it, the, I mean, for me, the good thing, I, I still don't watch it because I just, it, it has gotten to the level where I'm like, this is not funny anymore to me. Um, it's like if I don't want to see a movie or if I like haven't seen a movie and I kind of want to know what's going on with it, Cinema Sins is kind of a good thing to go to for that. Um, like say I, I don't know. Let's let's say I've they did one on uh, Schindler's List. I've never seen Schindler's List. Okay, um, but I you know if I was like oh I just want to know what Schindler's List is about and everything about it and all that. And I didn't, like, have the time or, need, or like, was, like, I don't want to sit down and watch it, even though I do. Like, I, I fully do intend to sit down at some point and watch Schindler's List. Um, that was one of those ones I slept through in high school. I'm a bad person. <laughs> it's being re-released in the theater, so, like, I'm probably going to go see it. But, like, CinemaSins, you get through it in, like, 15 to 20 minutes. You, under, you understand everything. And, yeah... You know, you're probably going to remember some things f better because there's humor added to it. But at the same time, I like I like sitting down and watching movies. I like having the experience for myself. And then I do like going back and sitting down with my friends or with like and just and or, or like Devin. Devin and I do it all the time where we will put on a movie and we will just riff on it. But it's it's I don't know. It just feels different. <laughs> You're, it, no, you're, it, you're it, entire, you are entirely correct that it is a different experience altogether. Um, and if CinemaSins was in real time, it might be better, I think. I, it would be better. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. So, I didn't mean for this to start out no, 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 no. shitting not, on CinemaSins, but, but I am I going to we, use that to transition. I think we brought into, up some good points. Yeah, and I think it's a perfect transition into shitting on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yes. here's the thing about Rotten Tomatoes. Um, here's my problem with Rotten Tomatoes. Here, let me, let me start there with my I statements. My biggest problem that I've come to feel, I, I, I will apologize for them sometimes because I don't think it's, I don't think it's as bad as people say. I think there's too much weight put on Rotten Tomatoes by like studios and stuff who yes. like to stamp things fresh and all that. But my biggest problem is that they completely remove all nuance from criticism and turn it into a black and white up or down thing. Which means that if you do have a reviewer that's like, I don't think an audience, I don't think this audience is going to like this movie, but I think this audience will love it because it will speak to them in a different way or something. How the hell does Rotten Tomatoes review that as a positive or negative and decide if it's a positive or negative thing? Like, and so all of a sudden your score, like a 50% Rotten Tomato score movie, doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad movie or that even 50% of the critics didn't like it. It just means that whatever by whatever metric they created while they were kind of re deciding what's a positive and negative review, that's how the 50-50 came out. And, it, and that's what annoys the hell out of me. Because I'd have no idea if I can trust the numbers on it. So. Yeah. No. I um. Yeah. I. 
I don't get the numbers at all. Like, I never get it. So, <laughs> yeah, I understand so, that. <laughs> so, I mean, by I mean, by according to, to them, like the critic score is like they compile reviewed movies from a, a number of publications. I think it has to be at least 10 for them to, to put a, a score up. Mm-hmm. I don't know if critics can go on there directly. Only that's the other thing that's a little confusing. I don't know how many of those are critiques specifically written to go on to Rotten Tomatoes, or I know that they're pulling stuff like from the New York Times and from yeah. LA Times and all this other stuff. And so they're looking at the review, deciding if it's a positive or negative review, and then going, okay, 50% of our the critics that we looked at said that it was a good movie, and 50% said it was a bad movie. And so it's a 50% movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah and then it's... it's it's also really weird when they're like, "What well, we're going to certify fresh because sometimes that movie is at 60% and sometimes it's at 80, but then there's stuff at 90% that they never certify. Like, I have no idea what that process is. Yeah, I don't, I don't, yeah, it does not make sense. Like, it's never made sense um, to me at least and it seems like to you, but it's just like, it's, it seems more comment based too. Like, uh, yeah, so, so then they, cause they have the audience score side of that too, yeah. which I mean, it's not like, like you're all going on online. there. It's not like you're going on there and being like, script highly satisfied, like acting highly satisfied. <laughs> there are there are some there are sat- some like, that do that. You're not doing uh, a survey, right? <laughs> no, no. I mean, they're no, they're not specifically, but there are definitely people who go on there and treat their like audience score criticism like they're writing a professional review, which is always funny. But also, the person doing that is usually kind of a tool uh, well but here's the thing if you're gonna it, but no okay but if you're gonna write a review i think and you're gonna call yourself like a reviewer or something i think you kind of have to in a sense yeah like yes yeah. there are people in the world who are gonna act like an asshole and are gonna act like i'm better than you because i can do this and some of those people are you know that's that's what they've known and it's all that whatever and some of the people are like i'm better than you be but i'm acting like an asshole like i'm not really better than you i'm just acting like i'm better than you and but there are those people like that's kind of what my problem with it is is that like i feel like they these reviews and these criticisms and all that i have to sneeze so bad oh god (laughs) Um, I feel like these reviews and these criticisms, like, for me, if you're going to review a movie, and this is just me, this is just how I view it, um, I think it should be based on, loosely on the auteur auteur theory, um, which I'm really bad at explaining, but do you know what the auteur theory is? Uh, I mean, not from a film standpoint, as well as, like books and stuff okay i can really give a if i can rough, even remember the books and stuff but. i could just give a dirty like rough one because i don't remember it perfectly but basically it's like you um there's like three circles and if you can hit in all three of the circles you're considered an auteur um so it's basically like your own style uh if you have technical competence and your um i don't remember the third one but it's basically like it's that's what it is Um, but movies, if you are a reviewer, a true blue reviewer, like you are writing, you are writing, um, articles, you are going to these, 
um, review sites and going to put up a thing up there or a score, it should be based on technical competence. It should be based on the script, the acting, the production, the um, lighting. The Like, it should be based on the production as a whole. <laughs> and that's just where I'm coming from. And that's, I, I mean, like, I, I understand that. And that's kind of largely what I look for, too. Like, I yeah. want someone to be able to, I want someone, first off, like, I guess I think this goes under that same thing. <clears throat> a reviewer should be able to watch a movie and understand what the like director was going for exactly. and the, the, the writer were going for. And then from there, did the movie achieve that? Mm-hmm. And then you can have whole other kind of conversations about whether that goal they were aiming for was worth it in the first place and all that other stuff. But I mean, as far as just a review of how well the movie is made and whether or not an audience is going to enjoy sitting down and watching it. Yes. They should be able to be like, okay, this was clearly the intent of this movie Mm -hmm. and did it hit that? Yeah. And I, but I feel like reviews now are way more opinion based. It's like, I didn't like it. So you're not going to like it. Or like, I didn't like it. So, I mean, think about, think about our review of friends from college. Neither one of us liked it. So we don't recommend it to people. But Devin, on the other hand, loved Friends from College. So, but we also don't call ourselves reviewers. That's very true. So, I very I very specifically don't review like, things because I exactly. feel like I would be bad at it. Because yeah, that would be no. my whole thing. Would be like, no, you don't understand. This is why you're wrong. Let me tell you. Like, I feel like if you're going to submit to Rotten Tomatoes or submit to these review sites, you need to take out your personal opinion. You need to be like, was it, was it, yeah, exactly what you said. Did it achieve what it wanted to do? Yeah? Okay. Then here's what, here's my score for it. But you cannot like a movie too. Like, um, I'm trying to think of, I'm, well, trying, to, like I'm a... trying to think of like older movies that I had to watch in class that I didn't enjoy, but I understand why they're important. Like 400 Blows. Um, oh my god, I've seen 400 yeah, Blows. Yeah, so 400 Blows. <laughs> oh god, I just remembered 400 Blows. Okay. <laughs> Flashbacks, right? Um, yeah. I don't, I don't really have any kind of feeling towards 400 Blows. I remember like when I watched it, I'm like, oh my god, this is dragging on and on and on. But I do remember parts of that movie like bringing me like joy or happiness or something, and then other parts being like, oh god. But so that's not really a movie that. I can say I loved or disliked or more I disliked it because it was just, you know, so long and everything. But I can sit here and be like, that is an important movie in the history of cinema. And it is a good movie because of that. But my own opinion of it is I never need to watch that again because (laughs) it is so long. And there are parts of it that are just so drawn out that you don't even understand what's going on anymore. <laughs> I'm trying to, I think the only scene, that's the one where like, I think the whole reason we watch this movie is there's that one shot. I think it's toward the end where he's running for like two minutes yep. solid yeah. and he's in the center of the screen the yeah, whole time. The whole time. 
Yeah. And then that's and then all I remember he about gets that movie. To the, the, that's the end of the movie. Spoilers yeah, for the 400 blows. <laughs> 400 I don't think blows. anyone is going to go watch it. Um, but yeah, the whole ending of the movie is he, he, he gets sent to this boarding school and then he escapes the boarding school. And all his life, he's like 10. All his life, he's wanted to just see the ocean. So he gets to the ocean and then there's that, the very final scene, the still of the f- film is just a still photo of him looking at the camera. As if, like, okay, I've seen the ocean. Now right. what do I do? I'm still a young boy who needs to be told what to do, and I don't have any control over my life. Like, this was the one moment I had control, and now there's nothing else for me to do. So, like, yeah. <laughs> so clearly, um, like, important to talk about. Like, you can talk yes, about that movie yes. without ever wanting to see yeah, it again. Exactly, um, exactly. And, and I think, um, like... I mean, it's, I don't think it's as modern as people realize. I think it's just the fact that um, the internet has grown the number of people involved in media criticism, as well as turning everybody on Twitter and Rotten Tomatoes into a critic. But like, I think for a very long time, kind of the concept of media criticism, especially like movies and games and TV, yeah. was we are going to give you our opinion from this one person, like Siskel and Ebert, where it's like, you're going to get their opinion, but you're also going to go and get the opinion of multiple people and then put those together mm-hmm. with, and, then, and then kind of decide, which I think was a thing that, which is where I think Rotten Tomatoes was coming from, was this idea of just aggregate all the scores together and you'll come out with an average from all of this stuff. And um, I think the, the problem being that we don't really read full reviews of things as much anymore yeah, we just go to... um, especially especially because these days like between trailers spoiling things and we have no idea if a review is going to spoil things mm-hmm. and so much of that gets taken away when you read a review and it spoils something i think so many people are like i don't want to read two thousand words on this because i don't want to know everything, everything about the movie about i just want to know if it's worth me going to see yeah. and so that like but i think that that's been going on for a very long time i think it's just that the way people read reviews has shifted more than the way that we critique them. Mm. And of course, the problem being that everybody who's a media critic right now or, or a media reviewer right now went to school and was taught by people who in the 80s and 90s were critiquing things how they did it. Yeah. So they have a very, that, that mindset is still there of like, uh, people haven't like shifted to figure out a better way to like, fig- like find the audience for a thing and let them know that it's worth going to see and recognize that the people that it's not the audience for that it doesn't mean it's a bad movie or a bad game it just means that you're not the audience exactly. for it exactly yeah 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 and it's also um I, I think my my whole idea of Rotten Tomatoes uh also comes from well I don't love that on the tv guide now like if you were to go through the tv guide I don't love that the Rotten Tomatoes score is there I don't love that the Rotten Tomato score is advertised in trailers and all of that. It's like, it shouldn't be what makes me want to go see the movie or not. And it's trying to be. <laughs> right. It's trying to, um, conv- it's trying to, it's trying to be the, the shorthand yes. and the condensing of information into all in one yeah. place and all of that. And it just, that's, that's, we should be encouraging people to go outside of things, yeah. not like condense all into one thing. Um, I mean, have you ever no, gone to Metacritic? 
which is essentially like no. proto Rotten Tomatoes. So no. Metacritic is essentially Rotten Tomatoes, but uh, I think mostly for video games. They might do TV and movies now too, but Metacritic is literally I've heard them more associated with video games. I think. Yeah, they yeah. literally the same exact kind of concept. The difference is that because game reviews for so long um, were done on a ten point or hundred point scale and mm. stuff like that, like it wasn't just like you were getting slightly more nuanced numbers out of that because we were getting an average of review scores across the board. So something would be like a 7.0 game and stuff like that. The biggest problem that came with Metacritic is that companies started tying bonuses for like how well a game did to a Metacritic score, which meant that like a handful of review sites giving like deciding that they didn't think your game was worth their time could tank the bonuses for your workers (laughs) like and regardless of whether or not that score translated to a game not selling well it was just became this idea for publishers to be like well that's our excuse for why the game didn't sell well not that the game was made badly or that we need to change our business practices or anything but that because this game was scored poorly we didn't make enough sales and now everybody's not getting paid as much and it became this weird like shove off of things and we kind of see that now first off what i love is that metacritic's about to get really screwed because uh game sites are increasingly getting away from scored reviews now they are doing the full they're, they're trying to figure out how to do spoiler free reviews without putting a score at the end so that people come and read the stuff yeah. and kind of get an idea out of that because specifically because companies were doing that and um like media like games journalists were like we are not getting our hands dirty on this one yeah, screw no. you guys um that's, that's but insane. i think but i think that's the thing that also then turns around and fuels the like dc fans on rotten tomatoes because i think a lot of those people saw or like being you know young kids playing video games and seeing metacritic stuff and being in that culture of mm. god awfulness sometimes yes. i think then turned around and went oh see rotten tomatoes is a website just like metacritic and they're they're going. Their their bad reviews of games are going to destroy the DCEU. And it's like, no. First off, Rotten Tomatoes isn't actually scoring anything. They're just yeah. aggregating things poorly, but they're aggregating things. And like, like, I didn't need to go to Rotten Tomatoes to know I wasn't gonna go see. <laughs> <laughs> like, I had to wait to go see Justice League. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, I so I think, and I think that's the biggest problem of like those aggregation sites at all. Again, is just that it, it tries to condense so much information into a score. Yeah, and it just loses all nuance that way. Yeah, it's just it's it's so weird that it's been incorporated. Like I feel like Rotten Tomatoes has been s- way more integrated into society within the past few years, and I don't. It's so f- freaky to me. Like it's creepy that. Rotten Tomatoes is, I don't know, I don't know how to, like, what to call it, but it's just part of society and part of, like, the language and the, I don't know, like, it's weird that it's in marketing. It's weird that it's in marketing. Like, and it's, it, it freaks me out that it, it is in marketing because it's almost like it has a monopoly on reviews and on movies in general, you and know? in a lot of ways it like, does because it's the. I mean, it's again, it's the thing that says like, come to us to get all of your information exactly, yeah. as opposed to having to go because it also doesn't help. And I mean, this is just 
my own media criticism now coming out, but it doesn't help that a lot of the sites that they're getting their stuff from and they're putting them up there, those sites are paywalled. Like I can't go, if I go and read four articles on the New York Times website right now, I'm locked out of it until the end of the month. Yeah, it's crazy. So if I want to go read their movie review, I can't do that, but I can on Rotten Tomatoes. I can go find their movie reviewer on Rotten Tomatoes and they've been put in there. Yeah. Yeah, and, and it, it, brings, it brings a whole nother of like, like this whole money like money schemes too like i don't know it's just so weird it's so weird and it's it's very strange to me that like when you talk about a movie someone is like oh yeah well that's got a score of 58 i'm not going to see it but why that shouldn't be what determines you to not go see a movie that right. makes no you understand that makes no sense right like, yeah, because then they then of course the audience <laughs> like the audience score is often a reaction to the critic exactly. score more than it is anything else. Yeah. So it's like, so it's like oh, uh, Suicide Squad has like a fourteen percent. Well, now it's got an eighty percent over here because everybody went. Well, I'm gonna go see it. So screw you. Yeah. It's like okay, it's then just, go see it. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I think also like my my weirdness towards um, Rotten Tomatoes is that I had to do a project in school where I needed to go to Rotten Tomatoes and choose three uh, reviews and then write about the reviews. <laughs> like, I had to go. It was basically a research project on Rotten Tomatoes. But via Rotten Tomatoes. That's yeah. interesting. It was so weird. And it was almost like t trying to teach us how to use Rotten Tomatoes. And it was just, like, now it's being integrated in my lessons? Why? That, that, that is super strange. <laughs> right? That is, like, right? super duper strange. And I think it was, I think it was on, I don't, I want to say it was on The Godfather Part 2. Um, because I had to write the majority of my papers <gasps> on that movie. The, how is The Godfather Part 2 on Rotten Tomatoes anyway? Okay. Anyway. Every movie is. Every movie pretty much is on Rotten Tomatoes. It's I guess like I never really realized that. It. Yeah, it's, I don't think I ever thought about that. Yeah, I just kind which, of, oh, God. Which also doesn't make sense to me because it's like, do you use the reviews from seven, from the 70s to oh, God. compile your 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 percentage? Like, or, or are there still people writing reviews on The Godfather Part 2? It's like, well, we did a little showing here at the Alamo Draft House here in New York, and so we decided to write up a little bit about well, our thoughts on how yeah, the like Godfather doesn't... Part Two has held up over time. Yeah. Oh dear God, we pulled the Rotten Tomatoes rating down by a percentage. What did we do? Yeah, like that's that part of it too. But it, I, I, I think it might have been Rotten Tomatoes, um, Godfather Part Two that I had to do this for. But it, it was just so weird. And yeah, I mean, now I will say, and it's kind of crazy, but. If I do want to, I will admit, like, I go to Rotten Tomatoes and I'll look at, uh, if I want to really read a review of something, I will go to Rotten Tomatoes and I will click on the reviews and then I will immediately stop because I'm like, no, like, this is ridiculous because I'm done. <laughs> I use it, this is going to sound really dumb, but for whatever reason, Rotten Tomatoes is the easiest website to figure out what the hell's coming out in the next two weeks. Yeah. Where it's like, that's the only thing I really use it for is I go for, for like, if I 
for whatever reason want to see how the movies did this weekend if like something came out and I want to see how well it did they got that number right on the front page and then I can see everything else that's coming out I don't even look at the freaking score next to the thing anymore I just want to know like dates and dates and dollars numbers I don't care about anything else (laughs) I've never really cared about the score or anything like that but it's so it's weird like We've said all this stuff about Rotten Tomatoes and kind of been bashing on Rotten Tomatoes, and yet we both just admitted that we also still go to it. I don't, I don't generally anymore. Like I found the IMDb review um, news page, and I usually go to IMDb now for my movie news or my movie reviews. Um, Their scoring system is fun because I think people I forget that that's. I think people yeah. forget that that is only a customer rating. And or like a, a consumer viewer rating, yeah. which mean and the only people that do remember that are the people who feel passionate enough one way or the or another <laughs> about a movie to go on and give it an eye to yeah. give it a rating. Like that's another so one that like, I never pay attention to because yeah. I'm like, so it's like I don't... here's people that absolutely hated this thing or absolutely love it, and they're just fighting in the comments yeah. about it. And so yeah. the, every everything is rated between five and seven percent mm-hmm. on or like five and seven stars yeah. on imdb because everything's like an average of very wide <laughs> margins yeah i i yeah it's weird i don't like i don't get i've never understood that either of where the scores come from so i'm like i'm not even gonna pay attention because these could literally be coming from nowhere and no <laughs> not about that and it's and it's but, and it's like Especially when you get into like even like TV shows where like episode by episode you're watching the those scores go up and down. It's like yeah. who, who cares about this? Yeah. The Smallville podcast I listen to. He looks at the IMDb score of everything, uh, of every episode that he reviews, and everything is between seven and ten percent. That's it. That's the yeah. only of the entire ten year run of Smallville. Every episode is scored between seven and ten percent because the only people that reviewed it were fans of Smallville. Yep. So <laughs> yeah. Like, and that score's probably never going to change because no yeah, which, one is really ever going to go. It's like, oh, I need to go score Smallville today. Yeah, like, which is which I guess at the same time, if you just discovered Smallville and you kind of like it, that's probably actually a pretty good indication of whether or not the show's going to continue as strongly yeah. as you like it. If, if every other fan of the show who bothered to review the thing really likes it, you're probably going to feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, I've I've definitely... Well, before I go into that, but it's to go back to my point of like, we both admit that we have gone to Rotten Tomatoes with a purpose. It's like, it's like social media. It's like nobody likes, loves social media, but we all still have Facebook. I don't think I've, I don't think I've got a day without calling Twitter a hell site. And yet that's all I do. Exactly. (laughs) Like it's, it's so, it's so weird that like, we don't like these things and yet you kind of need to work with them. It's like a bad coworker, all right? You don't like them, <laughs> but you need, because we live in the world, because we work at the institution or whatever, like, I'm just using analogies here, you have to still work with them. You still have to kind of get into a rhythm and get, you know, do it the way that you can get through it, you know? And it's just, yeah, yeah, for, it's weird. Like, it's so Industry weird. standard. Yeah, like industry standard got set up at some point where like every, you know, every movie site had to go from had to give it a four to, you know, had to give it some sort of rating out of five stars. And every game site had to go start giving reviews of everything out of 10 points. And all it did was mean that when they put up the headline for an article and they put the seven out of 10 next to it, all of a sudden there's all of their 
super fans who were like, why didn't you give it an eight? And then all of the people who were like, you give everything a seven and nobody's happy. Like <laughs> nobody's happy with scores. And yet we are so tied to them yeah. for and all of this stuff. Yeah. It, the whole, even back when, um, like stars, like star systems were happening, like in the newspaper, it would have all the movies that came out and it's like one star, two star, three star. It's like, what, what, why are stuff, what? <laughs> What is happening? Why are these a thing? And that was the thing that I think, I mean, part of it was the the companies trying to brand themselves. But so a lot of that was back when we had more personality based, mm. like, um, cri- criticism. Like, I, I, I think like Gene Shalit, Cisco and Ebert, Leonard Malton. And so like the idea that 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 those stars, I think, took on a little bit more weight because we had more weight behind the people writing them. Yeah. As opposed to these days where anybody can write anything, especially when you consider that like reviews are probably one of the number one things any game site is going to have. Like it doesn't matter anything else you write. Reviews are the things that make get that get the hits and get people clicking on your website. And so like everybody has to know how to write them, which means that you've got eight different people writing reviews for your website now. It's not just the critic from the New York Times. It's one of the critics from the New York Times. So yeah, it's, it's I don't know. Do you um, do you use IMDb a lot? Uh, I do if I like want to see what other like, for like the the usual stuff of like oh what else have like, they been ca- in like or actors and what's the trivia on this or that or mm-hmm. like looking up writers and directors and stuff like that. Yeah, but okay, that's so, that's what I use it for. Yeah. I don't use it for anything so else. So the general either. thing, yeah, no, right. I um, like I said, I just really recently discovered the whole news section of it. Um, and there were times where like the first thing in the morning I would be, would be like, oh, I'm going to go to the news section and see what's going on. And it's where I saw reviews for things or saw articles, like interesting articles about production histories of things or anything like that. But like, I'm finding more and more, I don't know why I just jumped to IMDb off of Rotten Tomatoes, but I I think it's, it's, I think it's like a tell of like, there's no perfect site any like four movies oh no no there's and again, never and again, going to be no and um, that's that's a good thing in a lot of ways oh, like yeah, you don't want to be stuck to one website all the time yeah. um but yeah yeah but it's it's crazy like we're, we're imdb is so weird because a lot of it is like like you said it's customer based kind of and they, they have those lists that are definitely just users. Yeah, it's just users creating those lists exactly. and all of that. Yeah. yeah, but there are like the trivia parts, right? <laughs> and that's usually what I'll look for after a movie that I really enjoyed. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go look at the trivia, and like some of the trivia is awful and is spoilers, and like it's so br- it's branded so wrong, like. There will be a thing that is a spoiler, but it's not in the spoiler section. And right. there are things that are just blatantly wrong. Like, it's like, you did not watch the movie. This should not be here. Yeah. And it's again, because because they have because it's a lot like Wikipedia in a lot of ways yeah. where it's like there are users who then have access to do things like add trivia and yep. stuff. And I don't know if that's everybody or if that's just like a thing you submit and then someone has to go in and check it before it goes in or if they just put it up there and then they check it if someone tells them it's wrong. It's, oh, it's, it's Kelvin very, Ball in there. It's very <laughs> much like Wikipedia, especially since you can add to people's bios. 
Oh God! Like I could, I could add to I don't know, somewhat George Clooney. Let's I don't know why that name is in my head, but George Clooney. Like I could go and add stuff to his bio. Like I know some insider secrets about George Clooney. <laughs> like no, no, I don't. <laughs> why is this even an option? That's like um, you know what, uh, Deborah Messing. So Deborah Messing yeah. is from East Providence, yeah. where where I'm from and my family is from, and we're very proud of that fact that Deborah Messing is from East Providence and, and all of that. Well if you, you look be. at, I actually don't know. I'm gonna go look up the page right now and see if it still says it. But the last time I looked up her thing on on IMDb, don't know why I did, but I did. Uh, it said that she was from East Greenwich. Ooh. In her Ooh. bio, and it was like okay. It says it says outside Providence. But then it says East Ooh. Greenwich. East Greenwich is not outside no. Providence. It's on the other side of the state. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's like, completely opposite ends. Um, there, while I'm looking this up, I uh, was also looking at Tom Hardy's face. I didn't remember the name of the movie. Uh, but speaking of starred reviews, uh, the best use I ever saw for one. Uh, did you ever see the poster for uh, the Tom Hardy film Legend where he played the twins? Uh, and, no, I never saw. Uh, did nope. I see the poster? I don't think so. I don't remember. So, so there was a poster that had all of the starred reviews up because it was getting all these great reviews. It was one of those posters where it's like, here's a thousand here's different all of our, yeah. Like, yeah. Our four and five stars. So down in between, so it's got, you know, two photos of Tom Hardy because he's playing twins. Yeah. So down in between them is a, they snuck in a two star review on the poster, but really? positioned it between them. So it looked like they were standing in front of the other stars. So someone gave them a two-star review, but they slid it and they positioned it and photoshopped the poster in a way that the stars were sitting like between their elbows, so it looked like their elbows were blocking two other stars. Oh <laughs> my god. Which I think is a beautiful way of being like, well, screw your rating system. <laughs> oh my god. That's crazy. That's that's cra- Now I need to go find the poster. Now I need Here to go find the poster. Uh, uh, Oh, when Messing was three, she moved with her parents and her older brother, Brett, to East Greenwich, a small town outside Providence, Rhode Island. <laughs> oh! No! No, that's so incorrect. That is so... Uh, Go fix it, Zach. Go and fix it. You have the power to do like, that. I know, but I'm, still like, it's the, I'm also too lazy about it. Yeah, I'm going to exactly. forget about this conversation in two minutes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll still be on the call, and I'll forget I brought it up. Um yeah, I don't know. It's just it's so weird how how reviews have just been so integrated into culture now. And they've always been there. It's always been there. I just feel like with the with Rotten Tomatoes becoming bigger and bigger, it it it, it has become bigger and bigger. Reviews have become bigger and bigger and everybody has access to a computer. Well, not everybody has access to a computer. That is not the best thing to say. But everybody can give their opinion. But now, if you don't have and, access to a computer, but you have access to TV Guide, or even if you're watching television, yeah, the like, ad will probably tell you if it's got a fresh yeah, tomato rating. Exactly. But even even that, like, it's also you. Everybody can give their opinion. Everybody can give a review. Before you couldn't, so it wasn't as huge and part of the culture. Now it's like that is the conversation. The conversation is about reviews and not movies. <laughs> Right, it's, and how people are going to react exactly. to things as opposed to just enjoying what's movie. put in front of you. Exactly, yeah. and it and it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be like that. It should be about whether or not a movie entertained you and whether or not you had fun 
and you know, <laughs> which is in short, why sorry to bother you is a better movie than you said it was. You're hey! a bad reviewer. How'd that go? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was a blindside. Uh, uh, good for was, you. That's <laughs> also you could say the same thing to me about Suicide Squad. True. So really, Very I true. mean, <laughs> I just didn't think to say it. You uh, did, and that's what makes you better in this moment. In these in these last <laughs> in these half. last few minutes. <laughs> Um, oh, I don't, I, do you have anything else? I really, I, mean, I think I've said everything. I don't know. I, I think we've uh, reviewed uh, enough of the yes, reviews. Yes, everybody, make sure you're looking at more than one person to review your shop. That's yeah, all I'm going always, always look for different reviewers, different sites, different yeah. review metrics. Um, and like whatever it is you think you're looking out, looking for out of like film and games and all of that there are there's probably are fewer viewers out there who look at them the same way and then we'll give you kind of a better idea of what you are looking at um not saying that they would have the same taste as you but like if you like we said at the beginning if you're like looking to review a movie by or if you're looking at a movie and going did the author get the thing they intended on the screen and does the cinematography good all of that there's reviewers out there that look at films the same way definitely and or, so, or you could just not read reviews and just go see movies. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's the thing. I I follow a whole bunch of different like media sites on on Twitter, the hell site. <laughs> um, <laughs> but that also means that I know most of the movies and stuff that I want to see months, if not years, before they ever come out. So I don't ever have to watch a trailer. Like I knew Halloween was coming. I watched yeah. the teaser trailer when it first popped up, but that was because I, I even that I knew was coming like weeks in advance, and I knew Venom was coming before. There was a Venom trailer and all of that. So yeah. there are ways to know what's coming without having to worry about the story being spoiled for you. Um, and if you can make that decision without needing the review and stuff, go right ahead and do it. Exactly. I mean, live yeah. your life. Try not to let reviews live your life for you. Right? That's a good way to end this, huh? Yes, I think so. <laughs> uh, so this has been Hot Topic. Hot Topic! From Stay Report Jr. Forgot I named it that for a second. Uh, <laughs> um, you can find us on Twitter at Say Report Jr. Uh, you can find us on YouTube at Say Report Jr. You can find us individually on Twitter Ooh. at Zerwiski. Oh, I'm at Zerwiski. Sorry. <laughs> I was going to say what? You can find us both at Zerwiski individually somehow. <laughs> somehow, <laughs> find... because time is crazy and the internet is infinite. Um, What? I, you can find me at Dale's Brain on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I guess we I guess we still get ice cream at the end of this. I'm trying to think if we there's s- any. Oh, I can't no. think of a hot topic related things. Let's go get sweatbands, uh, like wristbands and... Nightmare Before Christmas jackets and Nintendo let's, t-shirts. Let's not get the Nightmare Before Christmas jackets. I haven't actually stepped in a Hot Topic in years. I don't know if that's become let's, obvious at this point. But no, I'm that's just... okay. They still sell a lot of Nightmare Before Christmas, but like, let's just forget about that stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, so everybody should still just get ice cream because ice cream is brilliant. Yes. Ice cream is Great. brilliant. And on that note, take it away, Liz. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to The Say Report with your hosts, Dale Decker and Zach Sarawick. Please follow the guys on Twitter and Facebook by searching for The Say Report. And you can always subscribe on your podcast channel so this is delivered straight to you and you can enjoy it every week. With apologies to your mother, we'll see you next time.